welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington right here on Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM, and your streaming platforms like iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Coming up this week on episode 45, we get the show started with all-American long jumper Mariah Toussaint, Monmouth University grad, talking about training to qualify for Tokyo 2021. And then Timothy Parker joins Will's update this week to get into the NBA's return. All that's changed since he was last on the show in August, the Rams and the Chargers. And then it's Roger Goodell and the NFL's apology. Sorry or really not sorry. Michaela McNuff gets into all that and more in Spilling the Bean, sharing her thoughts on the NFL's actions around the Black Lives Matter movement. And in Grant's quick takes this week, we've got Pete Carroll's regrets the NBA 2K, and a world record broken at the Impossible Games. In our Positive Vibes Only segment, we have film and movie critic Carolyn Hines from Canada joining the show, also sharing some recommended shows that we can watch now in the midst of the pandemic. So if you're looking to binge watch something, Carolyn's got some inside scoop for you. And closing down the show this week from Colorado, we've got artist Rachel Bailey with her song Say My Name. So we've got a lot to get into this week on episode 45 right here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. I hope you guys are ready for another action-packed show of sports, news, music, entertainment, and so much more. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. It's time to go beyond the headlines because I don't put in overtime just so I can headline. Okay, now it's Fox Sports. I'm live with Renee. Going hard every day. Sports rapping every play. Different segments for your favorites. Coming at you daily with positive vibes. Yeah, we some game changers. Basketball, football, soccer. With different interviews, you never know who may pop up. Listen, only on Beyond the Headlines. This is Beyond the Headlines. <laughs> only on Beyond the Headlines. This is Beyond the Headlines. <laughs> Only on Beyond the Headlines. This is Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. Joining us on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington this week from New Jersey, we've got Olympic long jumper and founder of MT Fitness, Mariah Toussaint. Mariah, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm so happy to have you here. And I have to ask before we even get into your career in track and field, what has your new normal been around COVID-19, especially now that you are preparing for Tokyo 2021 instead of Tokyo yeah. 2020? So um, basically the new normal, as a lot of us have already been through, has been basically at-home workouts and ways you can kind of implement the same type of exercises, but at home or outside. So most of the times you guys see us, we're doing things in the gym or sprinting on the tracks, but my, by me especially, a lot of tracks are still closed. So a lot of the times I'm still trying to have to kind of innovate and create new ways to do mm -hmm. old exercises. So it's really cool because you get to kind of do different aspects of exercising while still keeping it with the fundamentals. That is something I noticed that this pandemic has forced everyone to do is, is to find creative ways to re to do what you would normally do, whether it's for you training as an athlete or for even for me working as a reporter, like you have to be, you're forced to be more creative, which I guess in a sense may pay off in the long run. Who knows? Your career in track and field, you have had a, a lot of success being a tremendous a long jumper at Monmouth University, where you were 10th mm -hmm. in the nation in the long jump. You were the first Monmouth athlete to ever reach the indoor and qualify for the NCAA Women's Indoor Championship. So, you know, yes. for you going to Monmouth and being able to, to break so many 
barriers and, and make such a name for yourself. How has that helped you moving forward into the Olympic level and the international level? Well, um, going into Monmouth, I, a lot of people, some people know this, some people don't, but I was a transfer from an NAIA school. So many people think that NAIA schools are not on the level as Division One, Division Two, or Division Three. So when I came into Monmouth, I was very nervous and very scared because I knew that I was pretty good, but going against people when you're in a non-level tier of NAIA and then going straight for Division One is a little bit scary. So uh, when I first got there, I just put in all my effort into eating well, doing what the coaches said, training really hard, and you know the results shown. Like you said, I was able to come through in only my second year and make it to uh, All-American status for indoor and outdoor. So it's like pretty exciting. So I feel like um, those aspects of hitting those high barriers in such a short time at Monmouth has prepared me to get ready for Tokyo Olympics because you know it's the same idea kind of that you're going off of very trying to hit those peaks, get those marks before that time comes. So I feel like because I've already been prepared on doing such short things in a small, um, a small aspect to get me to higher goals, I could do the same thing with Tokyo Olympics so that I can work in a small setting about a year and a half, or for us now, you know, now it's 2021, we have a longer time, working really hard to get those progressives, uh, progressions and those goals for later on. So it's pretty exciting. I feel like it helped me a lot to stay in that mindset that if I put in the hard work, then, you know, the progress and the results should come. Yeah, that's that's something that makes complete sense is because you've been through a lot of unknown and uncertainty before with coming yes. into Mammoth and trying to figure out, you know, how to be successful, how to make that transition. So for you, that in itself prepared you to go from playing at a level that, as you mentioned, people do tend to look down on. Yes. Just in general, in, in, in college athletics, regardless where you are, they always find something to question. But you were able to show that I'm the real deal. You know, I'm an All-American. I'm, I'm one of the top long jumpers in the country. And, mm -hmm. you know, jumping to that level, literally, um, jumping to that level and talent just was able to help you, I'm sure, even have the confidence stepping into the Olympics. So when you yes. first got that, you know, I need, I need to know what it's like. I've never qualified for the Olympics. So I need to know what that's like. <laughs> Getting that, that call, that email, well, whatever it may be. Well, I didn't qualify exactly. I, um, I was preparing for it. And so it was like I, I was preparing to qualify, but I didn't get in. So when I'm saying like an Olympic athlete, I, I go for Olympic um, competitions. So sadly for me, I didn't get into the 2016 Olympics, but I do Olympic competitions around. So say I'll do like... Um, Commonwealth Games, like these higher up ones. So that's why my goal really big is to go to the 2021 ones. But when I do get that 2021 email, that's when I'll know how that feeling is. So when I, like I was saying, when a lot of people say it about Olympic athletes, what you're saying with that one is that, you know, for me, my goal is to hit that 2021, but I compete in like Olympic level and Olympic style competitions. Mm -hmm. so I went overseas, um, like in Australia, I've done some in Europe, I've done some in uh, the Caribbean. So I've gone with those types of levels. I've competed against higher ups like Tiana Bartoletta, Brittany Reese, Jasmine Sawyers. So my goal is to be able to get there so then I can be a full Olympic athlete and get the tattoo. So I don't know yes. about that. But yeah, that, that can, yeah, that can get that, you know, confusing a bit there too. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I saw, I could, I saw you preparing for it and here you are now again, you get an additional year to now prepare for Tokyo. And, you know, to, yes. to hopefully have your name called. So it's incredible that you're even competing on an international level 
and that's greater than most athletes have ever done. Um, yes. Myself included. And now you get the chance to have an additional year to really focus on making it into Tokyo. So yes. I, I'm, I'm so excited to see what happens there. I mean, what for you in terms of training, in terms of preparation, I know you mentioned internationally preparing and things like that, as well as now with the pandemic, finding creative ways to train on your own. You know, do you have, you know, for track and field, I, I don't know the process for that. You know, I played soccer, I, I played basketball, but I, I, although I did run track um, in college, <laughs> but I was not on your level whatsoever. So I have no idea how that works. You know, yeah. what's really that preparation piece that you were doing even before the pandemic to be able to get seen, get your numbers out there, get your, your information out so that you can have the opportunity to get into, you know, the Olympic level in, for Tokyo. Okay. So for me right now, I compete um, nationally and internationally. So I'm in a national club that's based in New York. So I practice with them. They help me a lot with my jumps, trying to perfect it and make sure that we're going to national meets around the U.S. Internationally, I am with the country Dominica, which my dad is from and which I am a dual citizen for. So obviously when I'm going to be aiming for the Olympics in 2021, that's the country that I'm competing for in mm -hmm. Dominica. So prepare for both of those. You're kind of doing a little bit of both. So nationally, I'm doing meets around my area, pretty much the Northeast, Boston, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, DC, sometimes hitting, you know, wherever I can really go. Because basically with track and field compared to other sports that I know, People don't realize, but we're basically kind of like an all-around sport. So mm -hmm. even before this whole pandemic, I was still preparing. We were basically finishing up our indoor season, preparing, I think it was, yeah, basically the middle of March. So we're finishing indoor, going to take a break and then get ready for outdoor. And that's when it was going to really pick up to get ready for Tokyo. So if I break down pretty much the seasons of track and field, um, outdoor season goes from maybe beginning of, or ending of July to beginning of August all the way through until we get to about October, November. Then you start going into the indoor season from end of November, beginning of December to about March. You take a break and then outdoor season comes from basically beginning of April to the end of July or August, depending on your season. So especially when it comes to Olympic years, like you would think with 2020, people, well people, athletes were pretty much working the entire year. So even mm -hmm. if they were in and we're still doing small workouts. Then they get indoor and they're starting to pick up the pace. Once they were getting to outdoor, it's going to really pick up so that they get that mark to either qualify them or prepare them to do really well at the Olympics. So now that the pandemic has happened, um, a lot of that has ceased. So pretty much there's been no track meets available for U.S., Caribbean, Europe, Australia, everywhere you would think nobody's had them. Or <sighs> trying to stay prepared at home to get ready for that, but we're still kind of up in the air because we're not sure if they're going to still allow meets to happen maybe in July or August, or if those are going to be cut as well. So it's kind of like you want to still come, you know, mm -hmm. practice eat at a high level to make sure you're ready just in case, but also you don't want to suffer from burnout. So I think we're all kind of on the fence on what we decide what we're going to do with this time. For me, basically, I'm maintaining my speed exercises my strength as much as I can at home, but I'm not too much focused on competition so much. So basically for me, I've been kind of shutting my mind down a little bit. 
Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing that you're talking about is all the change that this pandemic has brought. I know everyone's careers and and sports are so different, but even for you, your training regimen has to be different now because you don't know if you're going to have to start competing again in the next month or two, or if you're going to have to wait six or seven months. Like there's no timetable and no way to really know what's going to happen in the future. I know sports are Mm. returning. We're seeing training facilities are opening up again and we're easing back into things. But for you, who's someone that's actually competing, you need to know if you're supposed to be building right now or maintaining right now. So I I can't even imagine. My coach just messaged us and said that it looks like we'll be training through July. So that's an indicator like we're probably not competing. That's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. So... It's good, though, because, you know, you think about it and you're a little upset that 2020 passed, but now it gives you more of a chance to build on your weaknesses that you've had. And maybe this longer time period is what you really need to get to where you want to go. Tokyo. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I love it. So um, for you, I noticed that you do have empty fitness. And I have to ask, you know, I think it's Mm -hmm. great for you to, to have something that's your own especially something that you as an athlete yes. are so passionate about. Can you tell us a little bit about MT Fitness? So MT Fitness actually began May 2019. I um, have always been interested in fitness, obviously, with being an athlete, something you should have some interest in. And I have been a personal trainer for six years, two years at my um, old facility that I was at, and then four years kind of on my own, creating my own thing. So I've seen a lot of, you know, fitness accounts and everything like that. And they're awesome. And I just felt like I have a lot of knowledge and people ask me a lot of things that why not start to share it with other people. So I started MT Fitness May 2019. And when I first started it, I wanted it to be something basic and kind of an easy access for people to be able to come to and find out things about fundamental exercising, little lightweight body weight workouts you can do, tips and tricks to make you know, exercise easier for you or to stay motivated because, you know, everybody looks at us as athletes or people who are former athletes and they think that we have it all together and we love working out and stuff like that. And it's not true. And Mm -hmm. just like I put in some of my more recent ones, even for myself, I've gone through periods where I haven't worked out for like a month, two months, you know, and it's, I feel like it's important for the MT fitness page to show um, realness as well as being able to have that relatability to other people. So that's kind of my goal with that one. And, you know, eventually I'm working on creating programs, you know, getting myself out there, trying to help people to understand while also being able to find an easy access way to exercise, lose weight, get healthier, all the good stuff. (laughs) Yes. And I love that because as you mentioned, like, it's not easy for anyone to get motivated to work out. You know, just because you're an athlete doesn't mean you like jump out of bed and are like, yes, I can't wait to work out again today. Like, I can't wait to run and lift and whatever else. Like, no, it takes everyone. It's a mental roadblock to to really be able to push through and and commit to working out. I still struggle with that. So I love that concept of, you know, providing people, you know, an outlet that will help motivate them and encourage them and you know, even working out in general just brings a lot of insecurities for some people and things like that. So that is very important to have an, an, an outlet and a space to, to help motivate people through and whatever their insecurities may be or whatever their hesitations may be to provide them with that. So where yeah. can our listeners follow you to get more on your career as a long jumper as well as more on empty fitness? 
So for my career as a long jumper um, and empty fitness, you can follow me on at Mariah, M-A-R-I-A-H, the number two, S-A-I-N-T. So that's pretty much my personal account. You can see a lot of flavor and fun in that one. I post a lot about long jumping as well as me. And then for a little bit more, <laughs> kind of a little bit more in depth, a little bit more in detail about my fitness journey and what I'm doing and trying to promote, that one will be at M underscore T underscore fitness underscore. And I'm going to work on making it a little bit better. But I'm under- <laughs> use names are just taken. <laughs> but I promise yes. you, motivated. I'm just starting up, you know, I'm already in my first year and I know a lot of people have been made, creating a lot of accounts, which I find to be great. But for me, I'm simply about the basics. I'm trying to show you small ways that you can learn mm-hmm. how to transform your lifestyle, whether it's yoga, stretching, breathing, you know, moving a little bit more, uh, just, you know, that in general. So if you can follow either one of those on Instagram, I'm also on Facebook, Mariah Toussaint, you can find me and I can help you out through that as well. Yes. I love that. Small lifestyle changes that can help people with their fitness. And then for you, it's funny you mentioned that because I have, I was just talking to someone and they were like, it's so hard to make an Instagram handle specifically mm-hmm. Instagram is harder. I feel like than most because yes. everything is taken and then you, yeah. you want it to be personalized, but then you want it to be something Makes you sense. can actually use. So then you start <laughs> adding underscores and numbers and symbols and whatever else. Oh goodness. I, but <laughs> I at AOL yeah. <laughs> or me dot whatever. <laughs> exactly. It exactly it ends up getting, it ends up getting really, really difficult. But yes. look, Mariah, thank you so much for joining our show this week. I wish you all the best. I know this is probably a chaotic time, but it's another chance for you to continue to train and work and see what happens, you know? So exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for you and hopefully being able to connect with you again later after you get that call that you're going to be. Yes, exactly. To tell you guys how it went. Yes. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington this week. All the best listeners. Give her a follow as we continue to support you on your journey to Tokyo 2021. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. I hope that you guys are enjoying this week's episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. I just want to take this time to remind you that you can join me each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time for a conversation on my Instagram at Renee P. Washington. I'm going live every week for a chance to talk about the show, get into what's going on in sports, around the world, around the coronavirus, just any single topic that you want to get into we can chat about it. And as always, you can join the conversation. That's right. Request to join me live. Hopefully I can see you and hear you. So make sure you're prepared. You can always ask questions, give feedback and comments. Let's chat. Wednesday, 8 o'clock PM Eastern time on my Instagram at Renee P. Washington as we take the show live for Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington to Instagram. I'll see you guys there. What's up, everyone? Renee Washington here, and thank you so much for being tuned in to Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington, right here on Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Hit that subscribe button and be sure to follow the show every Wednesday for a new episode starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Back to the show. Turn off the news. We're spilling the beans with Michaela McNuff on the latest news, music, and culture.
What's up, y'all, and welcome to another week of Spilling the Beans on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. My God, the Lord done brought us through another week. Ain't God good? (laughs) I'm your host, Michaela McNuff, giving you the latest news, drama, and everything sports. And y'all know I be all up in the business, right? Did y'all see Snoop Dogg wilding out on the gram? Now, let me tell y'all, honey, Snoop Dogg was not having it without apologies, so (laughs) we are going to go ahead and get into that. And while the NFL is receiving backlash following the apology that they made to their players. Now today we are highlighting conversations around Colin Kaepernick and whether or not he should be reconsidered for the NFL. Now first of all, is that even a question? No, like seriously y'all, like is that even a question? Well, rap artist Snoop Dogg, a.k.a. Uncle Snoop, was cussing the NFL out from left to right as he had a lot to say about this matter. In fact, it seems like a few other public figures told the NFL about themselves and challenged them to make their actions match with their words. Now, for those of you who don't know, let me go ahead and bring you up to speed a little bit. Colin Kaepernick is this professional... fine football player (laughs) who played for the San Francisco 49ers. And in 2016, he made a statement when he took a knee during the national anthem in efforts to protest against police brutality. And you know what? I'm with him on this one because he used his platform for good. He used his platform to say, you know what? Like, I do not stand for this. Um, But unfortunately, other people had their opinions. The NFL, I guess, had their opinions as well, and they decided to drop Colin Kaepernick. So from 2016 all the way till now, he has not touched the football field, right? Okay, so that happened, and now all of a sudden they want to release apologies to their players. And, you know, I think it's very convenient that they want to apologize now. I do not think this is a genuine apology because my thing is, why are you going to wait till now? Why are you waiting until other companies are stepping up? You see what I'm saying? Why are you waiting until people are rioting and, you know, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and things like this are happening. And now all of a sudden you want to apologize to your players. To me, that doesn't seem like a genuine apology. It just seems like it's convenient and you don't want any more backlash. So that's so you guys just decided to release an apology. You know, um, in fact, to be specific, the NFL stated, and I quote, the NFL apologizes to its players for not listening to their concerns about racial injustice. So y'all basically just admitted that a lot of players have had, excuse me, concerns about racial injustice. And you guys have yet to address those concerns. But now all of a sudden that all these other companies are stepping up on behalf of the colored community. Now, all of a sudden, y'all want to say something about it. That just doesn't make any sense to me, and it's just really sad that it has come to that point. Um, In fact, there's been other players as well. Um, According to Fox News, Carlos Hyde of the Seattle Seahawks said that the NFL signing Colin Kaepernick would show that the league is serious addressing racial inequality. And you know what? I agree with you. Russell followed Russell Wilson and he stated that Kaepernick was doing the right thing by kneeling during the anthem. So it was like, you know, a lot of people are taking their stance against what they believe. And it's just really unfortunate that now all of a sudden the NFL wants to apologize about it. And this is why Snoop Dogg was mad. I'm not going to tell y'all verbatim what he was saying in his live because, you know, we got to keep it PG-13. But he was upset and I don't blame him. And, you know, a lot of people have taking a stand against what they feel is right and what they feel is wrong. And this is exactly why when 2019 came and they had the Super Bowl, this is exactly why Cardi B did not perform. They asked Cardi to perform, and she said no. And the reason why she refused it, according to Fox News, she said that Colin Kaepernick and her are friends and that he stands for minorities. So she decided not to do it. That's how you make a statement. 
That is how you make a bold, genuine statement. When you do actions like that, that's how you make a statement. So, you know, it's really poor on the NFL's end that it has gotten to this point where now all of a sudden they want to release apologies. And you know what? Just like how Uncle Snoop ain't buying it, I'm not buying it neither. This man should have his job back. This man is is not even... Apology can't even fix what the NFL has done, to be honest. Because you guys have not only cut him from the NFL, but it's like you guys didn't even allow him to showcase his talent because y'all were so worried about what everybody else had to say. And it's very unfortunate. So now that all these other big-name companies and Black Lives Matter and, and all these other companies are stepping up to say, okay, you know what, enough is enough. Now all of a sudden the NFL want to step up. Let me tell y'all something. If all those players decide to boycott, if all those players come together and say, you know what, we're not going to pay, we're not going to play, excuse me, y'all not going to get a check. That's what it comes down to. Y'all not going to get a check. So you know what? Without those players, without those black players, without those Asian players, without those Indian players, if they decide that they don't want to be in the NFL no more, if they decide they're going to boycott, y'all not going to get no check. So it's like, come on, like, where's your priorities? How are you not going to accommodate your employees? It's the same thing in a regular workplace. You cannot discriminate against race, gender, or sexual orientation or anything like that. So now all of a sudden, y'all want to apologize. And it's like, okay, y'all apologize, but where's your actions? Have you guys donated? Have you guys put any rules in place that protect players of color? Because that's something that y'all need to do. Talk to your PR team. What's going on? Y'all need to put rules in that are going to protect players of color and players who have different ethnicities and backgrounds. That's how y'all take steps. Not by releasing a sorry apology. Come on, NFL. Like, get it together. And I side with Snoop Dogg. I side with everything that he says. So, now it's like, NFL, what are y'all going to do? So, let me know what y'all think about the NFL's apology and... Let me know what team you want to see Colin Kaepernick play for next. Go ahead and tag me on Instagram, guys, at anchor underscore McNuff. And as always, thank you so much for listening to Spilling the Beans on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. We will see you guys next week. You know where to find us every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox Sports Radio, 96.9 FM, 1340 AM. I'm your host, Michaela McNuff. Peace. All right, everyone, I want to let you guys in on a company that I've been working with and using that has been working so well for me, and it is Neora. They have a health and wellness line of products, anything from vitamins and supplements to help with your diet and nutrition, as well as hair care, skin care, sunscreen. I use their face cream, which works very well, uh, especially overnight. It's, it's awesome to put on at night and very lightweight. And for me, having sensitive skin, I've always been looking for products I trust and can use. Well, New York's got them. And we're in the middle of a pandemic, right? So why not cut back, save a little, and uh, also save while you're using something that is going to benefit you. So you can head over to ReneeWashington.Neora.com to get your discounted health and wellness products today. Don't pay retail value if you don't have to. At least I don't live that way. But if you want to, go for it. And I wouldn't be telling you guys this if we weren't friends and I didn't want to share some secrets with you on things you can use to help live a healthier, happier life. I love that line. So head on over to ReneeWashington.Neora.com to check it out. All right, let's get back to the show with more talk on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. Will, yeah, he knows everybody from the show and they always keep him in the loop with what they got going on nowadays. I thought you knew. You got to check out Will's updates. 
Hello once again everyone and welcome to another edition of Will's Update right here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. And guys I want to remind you you can listen to the show every Wednesday at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Time on Fox Sports Radio 96.9 FM at 1340 a.m. Also for all my fellow podcasters out there you can find the show on Google Play iTunes and Spotify. All right, let me go ahead and bring in my guest for this week. He appeared on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington back on April the 7th of 2019, episode 5. He is an LA reporter for for Spectrum News 1. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Timothy Parker. Mr. Parker, how are you today? How are you doing? You were very thorough with the the, 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 the date and episodes. You know exactly when it happened. I was on. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. How are you doing today? I'm good. No complaints, man. No complaints. Good. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm okay. I'll say that. There you I, go. I'm blessed, in the, I'm blessed in the spiritual sense, but, I mean, this is a hard time for a lot of people right now. But, yes. hey, for me, I have life, health, a job, yes. a house. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. Amen. Amen. I'm I'm there with you. You know, I'm, I'm, they consider me an essential worker at the end of the day. Um, and it, it's tough out there. But we got to make sure that we all stay safe so we can be there for our friends and our family. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and get started with everything. First thing I wanted to ask you was, since you've been on the show that first time, what have you been up to lately? So what, so what was that, April? Mm-hmm. August the 7th. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was August. Yes, so, sir. So, so August, I guess we had just, we were still kind of winding down. It never winds down, but the Nipsey Hustle stuff had kind of passed. We were talking about Kawhi Leonard because he had just decided to come. So I think that was the focus. It was like preseason. We were going, we were talking about Rams and Chargers. So, I mean, a whole universe has happened since then. Uh, you had football season, obviously. The Rams and Chargers both stuck up the joint. And then I can go to the news side or the sports side. It whatever, and a lot of it intersected depending on, on what you want me to go focus on. Is it, you want me to focus on more on the news or the sports side? More the, more the sports side. Okay, well, okay. Well, I mean, but it, it, honestly, it's all, it's all intersecting right now, uh, honestly, because, like, Kobe's death was a major news story, but it was yes. also – a major sports story. Yes, sir. Uh, so that 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 was a big deal. And then obviously, uh, be, uh, besides before I go more into that, you had the the Dodgers stinking the bed. So that was big. Um, and then we were, get, we were gearing up for the NBA playoffs, especially in LA with the Lakers and Clippers. You thought that was going to be the hottest thing. Now, even if it, the season does return, which the NBA said it will, but I'm not so sure based on what the players are saying. Even if it does return, who cares? Like it's like if the Clippers and Lakers meet in the Western Conference Finals, like what 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 does it matter? Because it's not a real it's not a hallway series. Like no one from LA will be there to watch it. Right. So who cares? You know what I mean? So everything the every, nothing that we thought mattered matters. Uh, think about the Kobe thing. When when Kobe died, I think the Clippers and Lakers were scheduled to play like, like two days later or something like that. So like, everything changed with once Kobe died. Like, it, it all became every game going down here at Staples. But you always thought about Kobe, even during the Clippers game. I was at the uh, I was at the Clippers Lakers. Mm-hmm. 
No, I'm sorry. I was at the Clippers Sixers game a week before the Rudy Gobert thing went down, and the the reverberation of Kobe still was felt at Stapleton. You can't go down there without thinking about him. And then also, again, if the Clippers would have won a championship or do win a championship this year, this is the wrong year to be winning the championship. I agree. Like the end of the year Kobe died. But now that's even that's even out of our mind because of what's going on with this civil unrest. Nobody cares. Yes, sir. Like, so no one cares, honestly. So are you in the mindset of the NBA should just cancel their season? Do you think they were wrong to pick it up and continue? What's your mindset there? What's my mindset? I, two weeks ago, I would have been like, yeah, let's do it. Right. Like, like, we need it. Because we did need it. But now, with all this going on, there is a point to be made by some of those players who are speaking out. Uh, do you really want to distract? Because I think Lou Williams it was who said, if you're watching us, that means you left the protest. And, and, and so there's a point to be had about that. So the, old, the, the, the competing thought is this. One thought is, can you do both? Can you continue the movement and enjoy the games? Well, can you play the games and continue the movement? The answer is yes. But the people who are watching the games are a part of the movement. So it would be a distraction. No one, like, people are spending all day, all day, and all day, a lot of their time in these streets. So now you tell me that we got a full slate of NBA games because of the playoffs? That people are going to have to make a choice. So, and then, and then, for the players, it comes down to sacrifice. I was I was telling somebody today: Can the players decide? Do they want to be on potentially the right side of history? They would be historically civil rights heroes if they decided not to play, not to get paid. Because of this, I might not agree, but overall, if they all came to that conclusion, imagine the history book thirty years from now what they would think about this group of NBA players. That's a good point. I, I and I didn't think about it like that. You brought something new for for everyone to think about. I mean, I mean that that's kind of what the what the what the question is. Do Will you sacrifice your uh, – think about the, uh, the civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s. They actually sacrificed. They, did, they sacrificed convenience. They sacrificed uh, business where they can go eat. Uh, all that stuff to boycott and band together. They carpooled. They made legitimate sacrifices to their lives. For the movement and the NBA players have a chance to do it. Now I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge them one way or another, but that's not my place as a journalist. Right. But that is the question. And it's a, a very intuitive question. As, like I said, I haven't thought about that. How much are they willing to sacrifice of themselves to see the movement through? That that's something very interesting and something that everybody can definitely think about. 
and they, you know, is it, it, very is very interesting. Um, I mean, so back to the original question: What has been happening? The whole world has changed since August of 2019. It has. It surely, surely has. Now, one thing I did want us to get into very, very quickly. I don't know if you play fantasy football, but I am a huge fantasy football player, and I have a lot of players from both the Rams and the Chargers. Robert Woods is on my team, uh, and I want to know what do the Rams and Chargers look like so far? What's the the thought process going to both of those teams in this early season? I think the the Chargers literally. The only problem was maybe Phillip Rivers. I mean, and okay, they had two problems last last season. They they, they had Durbin James, yes. I believe he was out, and and Phillip Rivers sucking, um, for lack of better words, or sticking, or, or, or sticking up the joint. That was the only problem with the team, and and the, because the running game really was not impacted um, without Melvin, the Melvin Gordon holdout. Um, Austin Eckler did a good job. He, he's a nice back who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield, all that good stuff. So they just – a lot of those games, Phillip Rivers just do bad interceptions at bad times. And they were in close games a lot. I remember the game with the Texans. I think they lost I think they lost to the Texans like, and they were up 28 to something or they were down. But they were in a lot of close games. The Chiefs game in Mexico City. Yes. Like Phillip Rivers just literally threw the game away. So there are so many times I sat there at that stadium. Is, well, won't won't be there next year, thank God. It will be at the, um, the, well, actually, I don't know where we'll be <laughs> because of all this. But well, the, they'll be there. They'll be playing at the um, the new the new stadium in Inglewood. But we like, we were sitting sitting in a little small soccer stadium watching them play and thinking, you know, they they should be better than this. And the Rams. The Rams really scare me because I don't know what direction they they go in. Um, I, I, they I don't know because like without the, the the biggest thing about them was the two was the punch of Todd Gurley when he was healthy. Yes, that that made Jared Goff an MVP candidate because Todd Gurley was the MVP candidate. Without uh, Gurley's. Um, uh, engine driving, if you if you will, without him being the engine, Jared Goff looked pedestrian, and it looked and it looked like a joke that Carson Wentz. They took Goff over Carson Wentz. So, uh, can you can you get Aaron Donald? Can you draft him singularly? Well, that's the only thing I would say. You know, I think the, I think the defense is going to be fine, but even that, but even that is a, wasn't the case because I think. Uh, no, I know the Buccaneers. I was there live in person at the Coliseum. The Buccaneers was put up 50, 50 something points on them, but maybe that's a byproduct of the offense. You know, not doing anything. So if the offense doesn't do anything, maybe the defense wasn't as good as we thought they were. We knew Aaron Donald was, yes, but maybe everybody else wasn't as good as we thought they were because the Rams' offense, you know, was putting up points. And so the defense was only the field as much. Now, the offense was pedestrian. Therefore, defense couldn't get off the field. So I, I don't know. The, the Rams are a bigger question mark than the Chargers because I think the Chargers have some really good talent uh, with wide receivers. Like I said, Austin Eckler, 
Tyrod Taylor, if, if he's mediocre, he may be better than Phillip Rivers because of all those interceptions. Yes, sir. So and then you have the, then you have the draft pick that they they grown they growing with Herbert. Um, uh, Herbert, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I I'm more positive about the Chargers actually because I don't know what the Rams are right now. <clears throat> we shall see what everything shakes down to this NFL season, <clears throat> Mr. Parker. Very quickly. What social media would you like to get out there as well as anything else that you're working on? What would, what else would you like to get out there before we go ahead and, and get on out of here today? Well, anybody can follow me on Instagram, Timothy Parker TV, um, Twitter, Timothy Parker TV. That's my handle. And um, right now, without because I, I do because I cover news and sports, I, I'm still staying busy. And right now, I'm probably as busy as ever covering all the civil unrest. But again, once again, it bleeds into sports too. NASCAR yes. with the Confederate flag, um, yes, working on some stuff. Even though LA is not a big NASCAR town, we do have a track near us in Fontana, California, and they have and they usually once a year NASCAR tours there for race. So we we have that. Um, that's and it, it's really a lot of that right now. Uh, racial injustice slash fighting for racial justice in LA and in America. Mr. Timothy Parker, I want to say thank you for joining me. I know you're a very busy man. I want to thank you for setting that time aside with us to talk to us and catch up on what you've been doing. Thank you very much and hopefully we can have you back on the show real, real soon. I appreciate it. And this has been Will's Update right here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. I am your host, Mr. William D. Morgan. And again, don't forget, guys, you can always listen to the show 12 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. Fox Sports Radio 96.9 FM, 1340 AM. And for all my fellow podcasters out there, don't forget Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you get your podcast. I'm your host, William D. Morgan, and I'll see you guys next week. Take care. Glance Quick Takes, covering the sports highlights in a few quick minutes. Yeah. What is up, everyone, and welcome to this week's installment of Grant's Quick Takes here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. I'm your host, Grant Swin. You can find me here on Wednesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern, for more of your quick takes on Fox Sports 96.9 FM at 1340 a.m. We got a lot to cover today. We have Pete Carroll regretting not signing Colin Kaepernick, a Norwegian hurdler breaking the world record at the Impossible Games. We also have eSports expanding their league, they're expanding this season. Pete Carroll spoke with reporters and revealed that he regrets not signing Colin Kaepernick to the team after he opted out of his contract back in 2017 with the San Francisco 49ers. This is what Pete Carroll told reporters. He said, I regret that we weren't the one way back when that just did it just to do it even though I thought that it wasn't the right fit necessarily for us at the time. The reason it wasn't the right fit is because I held him in such high regard I didn't see him as a backup quarterback and I didn't want to put him in that situation with Russ. It just didn't feel like it would fit right. That's the way I felt about it. So I just wish it would happen and I wish we would have been a part of it. When the time was available then. We're kind of set up right now. So football wise it doesn't seem to fit us like I said. Here's my take on this Pete Carroll situation. That he regrets calling Kaepernick. I don't I don't buy it. 
I just don't buy it. At this time, at this given time, he could have been said he regret not signing Colin Kaepernick, but during this time, he's saying it, it's really not, it's not making it seem believable, you know? You got to think of it like this. He's 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 trying to take the bullet, but at the same time protect the NFL by, you know, the NFL owners, other NFL coaches are like, oh yeah, this this is the first coach that said he regrets not signing Colin Kaepernick. We're definitely going to hop on the bandwagon. Let's not forget, Pete Carroll, you brought in Colin Kaepernick, but then try him out. All you did was ask him some questions about the protesting with his movement and didn't even give him a quarterback drill, let alone any film to even look over. Like John Gruden's camp, you never did, there was no such thing as a as a throwing a football when you met Colin Kaepernick. And then you had people that was interested in Colin calling you to evaluate Colin, but you didn't really evaluate him because you just asked him questions. You didn't let him throw the ball. That's 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 what we're we're meaning where this is BS. This is Colin Kaepernick is a trailblazer. You have to understand that. So now that the NFL is in a tricky situation, they're trying to now trying to say sorry to Cap and figure out the ways how to make these things up with Cap, but you know, and make other people happy. But that's it's very tricky because you can't really do anything. You could have signed them. Could have at least had him a tryout. Now the trial that you scheduled for him, he didn't trust you guys, and something has to happen for that to happen because you didn't want his film crew, and he didn't want like the way y'all edited the video. Probably that's a, a red flag to everybody, and everybody's gonna know it's like something's fishy happening. That's why he moved, you know, venues. This is why he, he just the NFL can't be trusted by Colin Kaepernick. And for Pete Carroll to say he regrets not signing him, she just signed him because having a backup like Colin Kaepernick for Russell Wilson is a, a plus because you got a guy that has Super Bowl, you know, experience. This guy has Super Bowl experience. He has playoff experience. Fits in the system like Russell Wilson. He's bigger than him. He can do what Russell can do, but bigger. So why would you not want him as a backup? You never know. Russell Wilson might get injured and Colin can step in and just like, yo, let me read option it. Go for 60 yards. Win you a game. That's that's what we mean by we don't believe it because you're just doing it because it's what's going on right now. You have, you're just doing it because the protests have been going on. And it's a big – more supporters for Colin Kaepernick. So we we will see more reports on it. But in my opinion, I just don't buy it. I just refuse to buy what Pete Carroll says. His resume is good at USC. He was spectacular at USC and in the NFL translates. Even when he was on the Patriots, they went eleven to five with uh, Drew Bledsoe. Pete Carroll almost won two Super Bowls. He was a pick away from winning a Super Bowl. So we will see. He just at this time is not right for saying he regrets signing Colin Kaepernick because if you regret. If you regret not signing him, why you just didn't sign him back then when everything was going on pre-protesting? So, I just don't understand. So, But in the track and field world, though, Karsten Wardholm demolishes the 300-meter world record in the impossible games at an impossible time. Karsten Warholm ran the fastest 300-meter hurdles in history in a solo race in a largely empty stadium. I repeat, in an empty stadium. He clocked at a 33.78 seconds 
at the Impossible Games. So the Impossible Games is a repurposed version of an annual Diamond League meet in Europe. It had few spectators, so everything was like cardboard spectators with like sound from the speakers so warholm the two-time reigning world 400 meter hurdle champion took seven tenths of a second off the 18 year old record in a rarely contested event so he ran that event by himself so he did so at the closest thing resembling at an international track and field meet in three months since the coronavirus pandemic so here's my take on that whole story. Now, Karsten, he ran, that is a fast time. 33 seconds, 33.78 seconds in the 300 meter hurdles. That is really, they don't really run in 300 meter hurdles. Only like in high school, but as a professional level, they don't run it. But that is pretty fast. That is 46 type of pace for 400 meter hurdles. And running 46 seconds in the hurdles is, it's moving because you're, so most people, most fast high schoolers run 46 seconds in an open 400 with no hurdles. Now, this guy is running with hurdles, and he's on pace of running a 46-second race at over a hurdle. So you're running, you're not only sprinting, but you're actually, first, so here's the thing. So his first couple of steps, very long, dangerous strides. Everything was out front. Uh, he cycled through, but I feel like he would have pulled a hamstring for just Running like a jumper and then getting his stride back up, which is pretty cool. That 400 hurdlers, you need a rhythm. You need a great, strong, uh, apparently you need a long rhythm to be able to break this record. And I want to congratulate him for breaking this record because we're in a pandemic and now a lot of people are working out still. Well, there's some people working out, but there's a lot of people that's like, you know, let me take a step back. Let me refresh my, my chakras. Let me get me right mentally for the next season. But this guy is going hard, getting ready for the Olympics next year. So he just broke a world record and it's looking good for him. So he has a lot of confidence going into the next year's Olympic Games. Now, moving on to esports. Now, esports 2K League is expanding its league. The NBA 2K League will extend online play for at least five more weeks. The league had previously announced that play would begin online for Season 3. And now, ahead of the start of Week 6, it has been confirmed that remote competition will continue through at least Week 11 of the regular season, which ends on Friday, July 17th. The remainder of the 2020 season will be announced at some point in the future. The league also released information about the first of three in-season tournaments called the Tip-Off. It will take place during Week 7 from Tuesday, June 16th to Friday, June 19th. Start times will be 6 p.m. Eastern Time on June 16th through the 17th and 7 p.m. on June 18th through the 19th. The tip-off will feature all 23 NBA 2K League teams and will air live on ESPN2 and ESPN's digital platforms as well as NBA 2K League Twitch and YouTube channels. This is good for this league. The league needed this. Uh, you know, Players are looking uh, for a tournament to make profit. Esports is about to take over in a couple of years. Not saying it'll be more than the NFL or the NBA, but it will be making a lot of money. Esports have been on a roll lately, especially with Apex Legends. Apex Legends has been doing well also with tournament play. So for 2K to extend his leave and they got ESPN to work with him, 
Uh, this will be good for the players that are in season and get things rolling due to this uh, COVID-19 business that we're having. Y'all, that concludes this week's segment of Grant's Quick Takes here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. You can find me here Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern for more of your quick takes on Fox Sports 96.9 FM and 1340 AM. Have a good day, y'all. everyone it is time for a quick social media break that's right i want you guys to make sure you are following beyond the headlines with renee washington on facebook twitter instagram and youtube hit that subscribe button be sure to also follow my personal pages at renee p wash on twitter and at renee p washington on facebook and instagram that way you can keep up to date with all the guests and topics each and every wednesday right here on fox sports 96.9 fm 1340 a.m iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify for every new episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. I hope you followed, like, comment, leave some feedback. It's all welcome, and I hope that you are enjoying the show. So right now, we're going to get back to it with our Positive Vibes Only segment. Go somewhere else with that negativity. It's Positive Vibes Only. Joining us on our Positive Vibes Only segment here on Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington from Toronto, we've got a journalist and a podcast host of the show. So here's what happened, Carolyn Hines. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me, Renee. I'm so happy to have you here because this is the time that I feel like, you know, for you as a film critic and a, and a TV critic, I'm so curious to know what you do, how you got started about your career. So before we even get into that, though, I have to ask, what is your new normal around COVID-19? Um, my new normal is uh, I've been home watching TV, watching lots of um, dramas and films and chatting with my friends on Twitter. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done much writing recently, but that's basically my normal. Just staying indoors as much as possible. Good. That's a good thing. I wish more people would stay at home. <laughs> I know. It's like people think it's impossible. It's not. <laughs> it's not. There's so much to do. And you can still get out safely without having to be like how everyone was around Memorial Day weekend at the beach, at the boardwalk, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're staying safe. So <laughs> I noticed as a film critic and TV critic, you know, you, and I was looking at, you know, all the work that you do. The first thing that came to my mind was how do you even get started? in that field? Like as a journalist, how did you get going in that career? Um, I've always been interested in film and talking about film and TV shows, but I really got started into film criticism and writing about films and doing interviews when um, I would say early 2017, um, I used, I had a Tumblr page and I used to do um, recaps for The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. And one of my Tumblr followers, like we used to chat a lot about, um, about, about the show. She's like, why don't you try pitching um, your your recaps or maybe an article about the show or your thoughts on like another show to say? And it took me a few weeks and to, to even to get my head around that because I thought I, I wasn't good enough. And then I had a medical diagnosis. I was diagnosed with MS. And I, where, where I was in, uh, in my headspace, I, I was very off for a while. And I was very, uh, not depressed, but I was very... Um, I started to close myself off and I needed something to distract myself. And, and then it, it reached a point where it was like, one day I was like, I really have nothing left to lose. <laughs> like, yeah. all I, you know, everyone can say, what's the worst that can happen? You can get told. I'm like, 
genital no is actually pretty bad like like so i i, I did reach the point where it was like might as well and i did i pitched to a site um at that moment was at that time was black girl nerds and my first piece was a piece about um olivia olivia pope in scandal um i called it olivia pope is a problem it's not just a babe she's a problematic babe and that was the first piece i ever wrote for um an established site and then um over time i started to do more reviews about for tv shows i did reviews for um a couple of BET, BET shows um i did uh reviews for blackish i started to do interviews i attended my first press junket which first was for coco at pixar and then I just got more confident in my writing. I'm more confident in interviewing people because I like, again, the thing with this job is you, if you, it, it kind of plays a lot on your insecurities because you think you're not getting enough to not only speak to these people who didn't like your ability to write me a caveat before um, as, as, as not just as a hobby, as something that I really wanted to do. That was probably in 2018 where we do. And that's what I've been doing now the last three years. <laughs> wow. I love it. I love it. And that's, that's incredible because you talk about how you were unsure of yourself. And I think that's something that so many people and whatever our careers path is, we find ourselves at time like, I don't really know if I can do that. And it took you having a diagnosis of MS, which I'm sorry to hear that. I had no idea. Um, but that diagnosis and, and, and some life changes for you to realize what's the worst that could happen? You know, why not? Instead of why can't I do it? Why not do it? You know, and it was just that shift to now focusing on, you know what? I can do this. I've been doing this already. Tumblr, that's a, that's a site that I don't think enough kids today even know about. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, when you work as a film critic, does this now take away from your experience when you watch shows and movies? Do you find yourself having to like shut off at times? Uh, it, 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 well, actually, technically, no, because I've always been a very hyper, I'm not, I wouldn't say critical, but I've always been hyper things. And I was, I've always been very excited about talking about film and shows and things, just things that I enjoy. So for me, this is perfect. And, and I do, I've always paid attention to things, continuity, like set design and copy acting but every little thing like lighting that's always something i've always paid attention and for me like i'm just like no i get to talk to other people about it. i get to talk to the writers and the actors and photographers and and you know composers and that's and like that just makes it even better for me and there the, i it's very easy for me to shut my brain off sometimes when i'm watching something and like completely right and like and okay this is like third entertainment and even I'm being critical of what's going on to me. That you know, doesn't. But it is love. I just love watching TV. So. Yeah, that's incredible, and it's something that I think for you now makes it easier in your job because you're so used to watching films, shows, and already thinking about the lighting, the you know, the piece, you know, all the the different aspects of the show that it's now just allowing you to work in what you already enjoy doing. So what kinds of shows and yeah. what kinds of movies do you really critique? Is it, is there something, a specific genre? Do you kind of just go um, based on what you're feeling in that season? 
basically is, is there are specific films and shows and stuff that I just love talking about. But when it comes to if I'm doing a review, whether it's for a site or for my, whether it's for like a page site or if I'm just doing it for my, for my blog, it has to be something that I feel um, strongly about. Like if I think I have something enough to say about it. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are films that I do want to do reviews about, but then I don't because either because of how problems are just like, I can't be bothered to deal with the dude bros who make any dimensions. Um, but it's usually films that I find, because the way I look at things is I could, I find a way to connect to the stories or to the characters. And then I, I and then I'm able to write about them. Sometimes it's hard, mm-hmm. sometimes it's easy, but it's usually just what I feel like I think I have something enough to say about. Okay, that makes sense. So now is a big time that people are watching a lot of shows because that's one of the things that we are fortunate to be able to do. Sit at home and binge watch Netflix or Hulu or whatever, wherever you watch your shows. Are there any shows right now that you're critiquing or that you even recommend for people that are looking for something to get into? Um, I'm not doing any like uh, I'm not doing any TV reviews. I haven't done reviews in a while, but anyone who follows my Twitter knows that I'm a huge fan of K dramas, Korean dramas. So that's oh. <laughs> I'm watching most of the time. Um, uh, like let me see. Uh, what's showing right now on Netflix? I can give you Netflix recommendations. Is um, there is Mystic Pop Up Shop. Um, one of my favorite K dramas is Goblin. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix, but then there's Mr. Sunshine. Rugal was a, a sci-fi that just finished. There's one called um, The King. The King. Oh my gosh. The King Monarch Eternal, because the title is so long. Um, but there's some really good dramas on, on Netflix. Oh, and there's also uh, Strong Woman Dubong Soon. There's Black. Uh, you can find a lot of recommend a lot of good shows on Netflix. And for films, there's a lot of Korean films going on on Netflix now, too. Um, mm-hmm. The most recent one was called The um, Time to Hunt, which stars... Um, uh, uh, Sik, which who was in Parasite. So ah, yeah. that one, that's a, that's a really good uh, film. I did a podcast recording about it for, for a review. And um, I also, if you want good recommendations, you can follow me on Twitter and I can give you, I do like threads where I do recommendations. Um, and let me see. Other, if you want a really good show that's not a Korean drama, and there's also Watchmen, which is on, which everyone knows, which was on HBO. I think you can find it on HBO Max. Um, there's the X Fast, which is my all-time favorite sci-fi <laughs> show, which is on Amazon. Uh, there's four seasons now, so they finished wrapping up season five earlier this year. So you can find all four seasons on Amazon. I love that show. Oh, I, I love it. it! I love it! I love it! I love it! And that's that's incredible because first of all, I'm not great with. I'm good with. I love watching movies. I love watching shows. I am. If you had asked me the question, I'd be like, uh, uh, <laughs> like, I don't, I can't just rattle off like show names and, and the actors names and stuff like that. I wish I was better at it. But, you know, as you mentioned, there are so many, I think one of the beauties of like Netflix, for instance, is like Korean films. There's so many films that are international or, or shows even mm-hmm. that you don't see at all advertised. And then you go on Netflix and they're incredible. You know, they're, they're tremendously put together and the plots are great and the acting's great, but that's mm-hmm. something that makes, you know, unlike an HBO or of course movie theaters, which aren't, no one's going to movie theaters right now, but yeah. shows on HBO and things like that, you see them advertised on TV, you see them more, but shows on Netflix or Hulu, they tend to have those sleepers. 
that you like you're not really sure about and then you hear from someone else like yourself and then you are you decide to check it out and it's being amazing so i'm always curious to know what shows people have that they're watching or that they recommend because netflix and hulu they don't really promote their shows and movies as much but yeah that's the thing with um i like we don't get hulu here in canada so I'm strictly like, uh, if there are other sites that we can purchase streaming services like Disney Plus, which I still have to finish watch, I'm the Mandalorian. Um, so yeah, like I do tend to watch, I watch a lot of international films and, and a lot of international shows, but I do tend to lean towards Asian or Southeast Asian films. And like, there's, another, there's another great show on Netflix called um, The v Victim's Game, which is a Taiwanese drama. And this one is very unique in the fact that the lead character has Asperger's. So we don't, and mm -hmm. even, in Western TV, you don't get a lot of characters who are neurodiver um, neurodivergent. And so this one was really good. It's a, it's a um, thriller and mystery, so it's a really good show. Um, and yeah, I try to promote and try to encourage people to watch show, films and shows that they wouldn't necessarily watch. And that includes a lot of foreign films. And even like, even like for British TV, there are a lot of people, especially in North America, who don't watch British TV. And British TV shows are like... Like their their dramas and their ashes are like top notch. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So where can our listeners follow you more? I know you mentioned Twitter. We don't where what are your handles? What websites can they check you out at to get more of your incredible reviews? Um for Twitter and uh, for Twitter and Instagram it's the same handle. So it's at Carrie C N H twelve. So that's C A R R I E C N H twelve. Um, so as I said, it's Instagram is the same handle. You can find my writing on various um on various sites, but I'll, uh, my main site, I host my, most of my writing is not and web host my podcast is, but why the podcast.com. And you can listen to me and my co-host Alicia talking about our topics for the month. And we gave our topics for TV, film, and books. And we both give different recommendations our, like 70% of the time. And for me, for me, especially dramas and films, uh, our, our, our tastes tend to diverge a lot, but then still come around. So we give a very eclectic, uh, I think we both have very eclectic taste and we give a more well-rounded recommendations for our listeners. Um, Nanisha is very into anime and manga, so she has a lot of recommendations for those as well. And for and also for Twitter, I co-host the Saturday Night Sci-Fi Live Tweet. So that is a live tweet that every Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, me and my co-host, we, we watch films, our TV shows has to be generally sci-fi based but they're usually international so we do anime we do um north american shows north american films we do eastern european um, eastern european like just this week we did on the on the world and this week coming we're going to do um back to the future too and then after that we're going to do avatar the last event airbender then we're going to do starship troopers and like we try to make sure we feature films that are international and have people of color, especially for um, every quarter we do, uh, we call it sci-fi short series, where we do mm. sci-fi shorts by people of color um, in particular. And, and it's just to, like that our tweeters, <laughs> our, our crew, you know, like introduce these films to people who may not necessarily be interested in them, but we do introduce a lot of new films to people. Oh my goodness, that is, that's so great. And I, I like that you do focus also on people of color that are you know involved in these films as either whether they're the directors or producers whatever um you know that is important as well to promote minorities as, that are doing great things in the business but the balance sounds like you guys definitely play well off of each other on your show to be able to provide listeners with a wide variety of 
films and shows that they can watch different types of genres so it's i'm i'm in awe with what the what you're doing it sounds like you're doing some incredible things and i hope our listeners follow along so they can get more on films and movies and your reviews and, and thoughts on them so thank you so much for joining the show this week it has been a pleasure having you on our positive vibes only segment here on beyond the headlines with renee washington and i hope you have a great rest of your week be safe and i'll be looking forward to seeing what's next for you Thank you so much. I look forward to see what you do. I know I, I saw you did a podcast um, Zoom with a journalist. So one of my friends, um, Habiba, was part of that. So it was good to see that as well. And it's great to see other Black women who are like doing this like podcast and like doing these Zoom meetings because it gives us a way to connect to each other, which I think is very important. Oh, absolutely. And that's now more than ever is a time. Uh, this is the time to do it. You know, this is the time to, to put aside, stop saying you don't have enough time and make it happen and to sit and connect mm-hmm. with each other and have conversations because that's more important than anything to be able to connect on, on a personal level, professional level and help each other grow. So that's why I like what you're doing too, because I always appreciate yeah. people that are, you know, as we continue to move up and continue to, to find our way in our careers, pulling others along to do the same. Mm-hmm. So, oh, thank you. You are tuned in to Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow the show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM for a new episode every Wednesday starting at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Back to the show. And just like that, we're at the end of another episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. My goodness, each week flies by faster than the last. And I hope you guys have enjoyed this week's episode, episode number 45 of the show, as we got to hear Mariah Toussaint talking about her all-American career at Monmouth University. The long jumper is training to qualify for the Olympics. So we're looking forward to seeing and hearing her name get called for Tokyo 2021. Then, L.A. reporter with Spectrum News, Timothy Parker, is back on the show this week, and he was talking with Will Morgan and Will's updates about the return of the NBA, all that's changed. Can you believe all that has changed since August from Kobe's passing? Of course, COVID and Black Lives Matter in the most recent, but so much has happened since Timothy Parker was last on the show. That was one of our first episodes of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. Goodness. And they also got into what's going on in L.A., not only with the Lakers and Clippers, Go Lakers, but also the Rams and the Chargers. We had Grant Swinton on Grant's Quick Takes getting into Pete Carroll's quote-unquote regrets and the extension of the NBA 2K League and the world record broken at the Impossible Games. And in Spilling the Beans with Michaela McNuff this week, Michaela had a lot to say about Roger Goodell and the NFL's apology and her thoughts on if Colin Kaepernick should be back in the league. I absolutely think Colin Kaepernick should be back in the league. And I'm looking forward to someone, anyone, picking him up because he deserves to be back in professional football. In our Positive Vibes Only segment, I hope Carolyn Hyde gave you guys a lot of perspective, not only talking about films and movies and her work as a critic, but also some shows that she recommends, foreign films, things like that. So when you're looking for something to binge watch, I have a list myself, Money Heist, Elite, Ozark, I got a list myself, but if you're looking for some more, Carolyn Hines is the way to go. And now, without further ado, to close down the show, we've got Rachel Bailey, an artist from Colorado, with her song, Say My Name, Say My Name. Oh, that was pretty good. Um, Rachel Bailey, closing down the show. You can follow her on Instagram at Officially Rachel Music, on Twitter at Officially Rach. 
the Bay Gang in the house. Rachel Bailey closing on the show with her song, Say My Name. Now, before we get into that, I just want to remind you guys, please continue to be safe, be healthy, and make sure that as we are transitioning back into quote-unquote normal, that you're doing all you can to take precaution. Let's not rush back and get hit with a second wave. Let's make sure we're being smart. The weather's been beautiful. It's summertime. School's ending for students. Jobs are, are, well, jobs are jobs. But at the end of the day, let's make sure that we're easing back in the right way, being safe, and also continuing to be productive. I can never stress that enough. Continue to be productive and growing your career, your all aspects of your life, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, socially. Let's grow it all so we can walk out of this pandemic ready to hit the ground running. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington. As always, each and every Wednesday, we are live at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Instagram. You can check that out on my Instagram at Renee P. Washington as we go live to have more continued conversation. So I'm looking forward to talking to you guys each and every Wednesday for another new episode of Beyond the Headlines with Renee Washington and another IG Live. Have a great rest of your week. Rachel Bailey, hashtag Bay Gang, stand up. We've got Say My Name. Have a great week, you guys. I'll see you right back here next Wednesday starting at 12 p.m. Eastern time on Fox Sports 96.9 FM, 1340 AM, and your streaming platforms like iTunes and Spotify. Never really was in the love, I just dabble. Things get deep when you stop being shallow. So you gotta find you the right one. Not the baddest, you try and find happiness or some status. I seen people lose the one, and it's tragic. It was only fun while it lasted. See, I had to learn on my own, and I'm happy for my lesson. Happy that I recognize your worth is a blessing. Happy that you see that my effort ain't the same. Cause you the one I wanted, that ain't never gonna change.